is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting Australian female musicians and artists. Today, I am joined by Zoe and Tess from Sydney garage punk band The Boys. It is really great to finally have a nautical-themed band (laughs) on Women Who Rock. Zoe and Tess, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. It's great to have you here. Yeah, we're so excited. The Boys has been going for a little while, but you've also gone through lineup changes and quite recently as well. So does that lead to bringing new people? Does that bring kind of new influences and ways of thinking in the band? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, I think the the music style has really changed in the past six months quite a lot. yeah. Yeah. More technical. More technical. Yeah, just because the girls are so talented. And it's lovely, I think, having such a collaborative project. Mm. Everyone, the way that we've balanced it in terms of people's opinions and inputs is really lovely. It's such We have such a safe space yeah. of creating and giving opinions on things or trying things yeah. and then working through all of that together. It's really great. It's, it's a really democratic special. band. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to an interview you did before, Zoe, and you were saying that the gigs are getting really fun. Yeah. Why is that? I think just we were discussing the other night after a show we played that because we're so comfortable with each other now, we know each other more personally than we have in the last six months, but um, we don't get as nervous anymore. So we kind of just go a bit wild, let a bit And loose. I think we just, we genuinely have so much fun playing together that yeah. we'll sort of, I don't know, you see other bands and they're so cool. And we'll get on stage and we'll be like, yeah, let's be really cool. And then you start playing and we just have these huge grins on each other's, on, on our faces and you'll make eye contact with someone else and you'll just be like, isn't this the best? And so we now, I think we've created this. It's just, we have so much fun. And mm. so we hope that the audience has so much fun as well. And I think it really comes across. Yeah. That must be a really good feeling. Oh, yeah. so good. And we'll be either like, we'll just be like under the weather or just super tired and we'll be like, oh, actually, I don't really know if I'm going to bring it today. But the second you pick up yeah. your instrument mm. and the second we're with each other, we're like, I don't know what I was talking about. This is sick. It's so fun. Yeah. We also, um, the other night we played this gig and we, we've sort of discussed what the right amount of beers is that you can have before a show and it's sort of two you know like any more than that and you start to get a bit loose and the other night Anthea the guitar one of the guitarists had about five over that line and she was just on fire it was so great yeah I think we're gonna up our threshold level yeah I think so slightly more like you might as well just have fun with it yeah yeah it is a delicate balance though isn't it totally i lose control (laughs) of my fingers yeah 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 i think it's more that you think you're you're killing it (laughs) go back and listen to it later and think oh what were we doing i'm the best musician ever
have recently released a single called yeah. Blues Point Road, which is awesome. I went on the internet and <laughs> Blues Point Road is a place in Sydney, um, kind of near the bridge. But the song is kind of about relationships, right? It is. Yeah. So how did that happen? Well, <laughs> without name dropping, it's just a place where the person lives. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, should we admit that? <laughs> so I originally just named it that because I couldn't think of what I wanted the title to be. And then it kind of grabbed onto the concept. It kind of grabbed on as a concept name anyway, being Blues Point Road because it, it, it was a shitty time. So it was a bit bluesy. Oh, right. Okay. So it works in two ways. You released an EP... At the end of last year, was it? Yeah. In November 2017. Oh my gosh, that wasn't even that long ago now when you think about it. But listening to Blues Point Road, it kind of feels as though there's been a bit of a shift. Yeah. Perhaps also like with the production, it's a bit more of a slicker production rather than kind of like a DIY kind of real mm. uh, lo-fi feel. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about, I guess, the changes that's happened in the last six months? Yeah. So the first EP, Soft Boy, we actually just like hired out rehearsal spaces and did it with shitty microphones. Like I think we recorded the drums with um, just normal microphones. They weren't even drum mics. Oh, wow. Um, we didn't do anything with clicks. It was just like so wing it. And then my friend mixed it and mastered it for us. It was completely DIY compared to now we've got our EP, which is going to be split lip, which we did in a studio. So it just sounds a whole lot more tidy. And also extra member as well. Oh, in the yeah, yeah. So we used to be a, a three-piece. Mm. And so now um, that we have another guitar, it just means that we can have – it means that Anthea can – kind of kill it and play her guitar solos mm. it just adds another layer but we've had a it's a complete lineup change except zoe zoe's the only one who was on the first ep yes yeah so going. not exactly yeah. like so not only do we have an extra instrument which makes it i just think 10 times more fun but the way that um tess and sophie play drums is completely different the way that ellie and Roz play bass is completely different so we've had those changing instruments of style and and writing and it's just mm. so many variables are different things have moved so quickly yeah like yeah. it's been a whirlwind it's serious Tess and I played our first show with each other in January yeah this year. we met in December we met in December yeah yeah and then <laughs> it was just us two for that show yeah and then we found everyone else yeah I love both approaches so with the you just Hired rehearsal space yeah. for the EP yeah. and kind of did everything yourself. Yeah. Cool. I think that's a really interesting way that you can hear the progression of the band through the music. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I do love that DIY approach as well. I really like the EP. Yeah. The One of my favourite Black Keys albums is the first one. Yeah. The Big Come Up. Yeah. And they just did it, I think, in Patrick Carney's like, basement. Nice. In yeah, like 10 hours. So cool. I just can't wait until I have all the gear because I know the fundamentals. It's just, yeah, getting the gear part. Mm. Then maybe we'll, uh, we'll do mm. it all DIY. Well, I, yeah, I just think it's really interesting to hear that kind of progression because you have to start there right absolutely yeah. you have to go through that phase and have the troubles of trying to set up the drum like the kick mic yourself yeah and it's difficult yeah and you kind of go through that and then it sort of flows and progresses. i just wish you could have seen the the mic set up for <laughs> everything it was just hilarious i remember actually um <laughs> 
just a bit of the uh, fact about Soft Boy, I recorded <laughs> vocals um, in the corner of the room. So I had the mic set up um, and I was just singing into a corner of a room. It was so isolating. It was really funny. Okay. Because <laughs> we a- needed the pads to absorb my voice. Yeah, so right. we just had to sing into the corner. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it was so weird. It was so weird. Well, uh, speaking of this single, Blues Point Road, I would like to, let's have a listen to that now. Mm. Sick. And then we'll come back and have a bit more of a chat about it. So this is uh, from the boys, their new single, it's called Blues Point Road. Point Road, the new single from The Boys. So we were talking a little bit off mic about the fact that this is kind of your first real experience in this kind of very big studio environment. So yeah. how was that for the band? In some ways it was it was sort of like, oh, it sounds so silly to say, but sort of like a dream come true, you know, where you see this stuff on TV and we had the whole setup where, you know, the drums are recorded in this other room and everyone's on the other side of the glass, like 
you know, encouraging and watching and then just like playing games and being silly. And we were there for three days, Mm. really long days. And you sort of go a bit crazy by the end of it. And it was amazing for our relationships with each other because we were spending so much time together that you go through like, you know, getting to know each other and then getting really deep and then going a bit crazy. Um, But I think that what is really important to us and what we're sort of struggling with at the moment is, you know, we had all of this gear and amazing equipment and, you know, a, a great guy that we were working with, but we just want to make sure that we still have the energy um, and the rawness that we had on the first EP because it's just really honest and I think people really appreciate that mm. and it's proving really difficult actually to be able to capture that. Yeah. Yeah. I have this thing about first albums. Yeah. I really Mm. love and worship the first albums of artists. One thing in particular, which people think I'm weird, one of my favorite Bob Dylan albums is the first one he did. Yeah. In like real early 60s when he was like 19. Mm. It's just, I think most of them were just him in a room, but it's just a really, you kind of get to see this amazing artist figuring it out. Mm, Exactly. You're not thinking as much. Yeah. Yeah. Which just, I mean, I guess it depends for the reasons that you listen to music, but it just makes it seem like you're really getting this incredible insight into them as an artist and a person and things that they're thinking and feeling. And that comes across as being so genuine and it's amazing to be able to see that in them. And then the more they've developed their style, it's, it's, I mean, you hope that it's because that you know, is is the exact sort of music they want to make. But you also can't help but think that it's being affected by, you know, the audience or um, maybe, you know, for him, like his record label and things like that. So it does just seem so much more authentic the first time. I think it's almost a little bit kind of genre specific as well. So I really love a podcast by Laura Marling called Reversal of the Muse. And she talks to an electronic artist in that. And... We, I guess in that kind of field, which I don't know a lot about, like electronic music, mm. she spoke about the idea that that is capturing a song, but when you're singing folk music or rock as well, it's almost like you're capturing a moment. Yeah. And mm. so when you're starting out and in this first album and what you guys are doing, this EP, first time you're doing it together, it's almost like, yeah what goes into that moment is kind of you're figuring it out on the spot. Mm. And I think it's a beautiful thing. That's really beautiful. It's a great podcast. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she has a really deep, deep discussions about creativity. Nice. Um, So when, how long, because you said that you met in December. Yeah. Yeah. And when were you recording in the studio together? Uh, Was that like like, two months, three months ago now maybe? So like May. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd known each other, or even earlier than May. So you'd known each other yeah. for only like four months. Yeah. Because that's a high-pressure environment, and I, right? And I think we'd only it played was... a few, well, two shows with all four. Yeah. As a four-piece. Wow. And mm. in that we had, like, Make It Clear was a, was a song that we all wrote together, which was completely new. Yeah. I think that, isn't that one of the other ones completely new? 
um, oh God. thinking about you or something. Yeah, that yeah, was completely yeah. new. It's funny, a comment I actually made to my friend after, because we didn't really know each other that well, a comment I made after recording was, I just spent all of this time with these girls who I didn't know and I don't hate them after it. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like them more. Like <laughs> afterwards, because we've just, we'd spent three really intense days together. Yeah. You, you know, the day after, you just... I sort of missed everyone. We were so loved so, up. It was yeah. so cute. Like a big whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. but it, it really could have gone either way. Like some yeah. people work really well creatively together but then just can't really get on in other social situations. Yeah. Or, but we just nailed it. Yeah. You're here yeah. together so and lovely. your friends yeah. made yeah. a true experience. <laughs> so you nailed it. And uh, the other two are only here because they had other engagements, not because um, <laughs> they couldn't stand spending another two minutes in the with us. Yeah. <laughs> You have another single on the way called Arm Wrestle. Yeah. Mm. That was recorded in the same sessions as well? It was, yeah. So we recorded the whole new EP all together. We jammed it in in like three days. Was that consecutive days? Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah, it like, (laughs) yeah, intense. (laughs) So the vibe and the production on Arm Wrestle will be kind of more akin to Blues Point Road than the previous recordings. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you have, so with the EP... Uh, when can we expect that on the way? Do you have a particular date that you're aiming for? Or Yeah, we're aiming for what, say, um, October yeah. release. Fingers okay. crossed. But the single will come before that. Yeah, absolutely. What about videos? Have you guys made videos? <laughs> no. It's definitely in discussions. Yes, we have an idea for arm wrestle. Okay. Yeah, so I think we're going we're gonna to dream up a big arm wrestle competition. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Where, like... Uh, like no one can beat us. Like we find the strongest, biggest people and they're struggling and they've got the sweat dropped down their face and we're just sitting there, you know, having a glass of shandy or something, <laughs> something really cool, maybe having a cigar. A shandy. I don't know why I said shandy. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen you drink a shandy. I, I don't, don't know why. I don't even know if I know what shandy is. <laughs> I think it's uh, beer with lemonade. Oh, God. Shandy. <laughs> I think so. Oh, God. There you go. Zoe I, doesn't drink that much. So. I don't think that people drink that when they arm wrestle. Either. I don't think so. <laughs> well, it's something really tough. Um, whiskey? <laughs> Yeah, whiskey. Yeah. Whiskey. I, I meant reckon, to say I whiskey. Red wine. I would definitely have an arm wrestle over red wine. Yeah, yeah. I think whiskey and a cigar would be a pretty good way to arm wrestle. <laughs> yeah. It's probably. I mean, if you talk to a doctor, they'd say that's a bad idea. But yeah. for the video, <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally artistic. I think that's yeah. <laughs> so you've been a this lineup for about six months. Mm. What are your favourite Sydney venues? Well, we played at our favourite. Well, my favourite. I say our like I speak for all of us, but um. We recently played at Oxford Art Factory on the main stage. Oh, really? Mm, um, so that was like, oh, milestone goals. Yeah, really great sound. Mm. Um, it was lovely because we got to do a sound check before Which we we're set not up. Used to, yeah. yeah, you don't get to do that when you play really small venues, and so the sound was amazing. We mm. could actually hear ourselves in the foldback, and yeah, yeah, it was. That was such a great gig. Such a really, it was a really fun gig. That was sick. Sick vibe. Sick sound. Mm. Yeah. And you'll um, be back there soon, right? Yeah, yeah. Next week, actually. Where else have you guys played? Um, we've played Marley Bar. Cobra Club, which is the bank. Oh, yeah. Yep. The bank. Yeah, cool. 
Um, we played at this little bar in Newtown called Mosh Pit the other day, which was really cool because there was no stage. It's really tiny, so super intimate. The audience is right up in your face, and that was that's really great. Yeah, it's, it's really narrow, right? It's really narrow. If you need to go to the bathroom, you kind of have to like walk <laughs> yeah. around the bass player. Yeah, when, exactly. It's, it is, it's the bass player. When Roz yeah. was um, playing, and someone would have to go to the toilet, she'd sort of have to like yeah. scoot to the Shimmy. side a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, it's good for intimacy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's something to be said for for that. Like playing at Oxford Arts on that big stage was awesome, but it's also really great to play that close to people because then when they're dancing and and you can actually see them often when you're on stage and the lights are on you, you can't see anyone in the audience. Um, So it's really lovely to be able to see them and then be able to look them in the eyes and connect with them. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, so speaking of gigs, I know that when you curate gigs you try to focus towards like an all-female driven lineup Mm -hmm. which I think is great why is it important to do that um I think just I mean there's nothing better than supporting other women I don't know like I just I feel like when we can um I would just much rather try and and play with bands that that have women mostly yeah. because I just want to watch them and I've not seen them before. Because they're so, I mean, it, so it always astounds me that women are still so underrepresented and that you see so many all-male lineups. But there's so many incredible all-female bands or even mixed bands or bands with female front women. Yeah. There are so many incredible ones that, yeah, it's, I don't understand why there's not, like how how there's still a discrepancy. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's what I'm trying so to do with this podcast to find yeah. them all. Find them all. It's, so Seek it's us out. easy to play gigs with other female bands because we genuinely love their music. Yeah, like we played with um, Julia Wyatt the other mm. week. Oh my god, um, she's got an amazing female front woman. Oh, <laughs> an amazing front woman. Um, <laughs> who else have we played with? That Good Pash. Yeah, amazing. Oh, love Good Pash. So good. Oh gosh, we've played with so many that I'm just like, I'm not sure whether I've just seen them live or whether we've yeah. played with them. But even just like we go to a lot of gigs and like we saw Body Type the other day who are incredible. Mm. Moaning Lisa, incredible. Oh, love. Um, there's just so many awesome female bands. It's easy yeah. to want to play with them. Yeah. I think you're describing a list of like people I will contact to talk to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they are I'll just take some notes. so worth yeah. talking to. Oofed. Body type are really good. Oh, like yeah. I saw them at the, the Bad Day Out. Yeah, a of years oh, cool. Ago. Yeah, yeah. British and Bowling Club. Oh and they man, were awesome. Yeah. Huge fan. I saw them um a few weeks ago. They were playing at um, Waywards, and it was absolutely packed. I don't think you could have squashed another person in there. And they just was like, they're just an awesome bunch of chicks that just really rock out and shred on their instruments. So, so good. Yeah. I'm always like the kind of nerdy one down the front that you can't wipe the smile off my face. (laughs) Oh, love them. now for Tell Me a Thing. So what I'd like for you to do is to choose from my list of seven topics 
and tell me an interesting fact or something that I don't know. And so the topics to choose from are musical equipment, recording equipment, politics, poetry, Patti Smith, death, and punk rock. So, Zoe and Tess, can you tell me a thing? We're going to go with death. Yeah, (laughs) both of us want to go with death. Okay, you can share the topic, that's fine. (laughs) Do you want to go first? Yeah, so uh, a fact that a lot of people would not know about me is I work in a mortuary with death all the time. Wow. Yeah. What happens on a day-to-day basis when you work in a mortuary? Well, so I I travel to the mortuary on an on-call basis, so I'm not there all the time. Um, so it's actually in relation to like organ and tissue donation. So um, my day-to-day work is usually uh, in the office, and then if I get called onto site on the morgue is when we'll do a retrieval, we call them. That's a euphemism for removing an organ exactly. from a dead body. Yeah. A retrieval. It's a nicer word, yeah. Okay. And you do that all the time. Yeah, it's busy. Wow. Very busy. <laughs> what do you study to work? end up working in a mortuary? Um, you just need to study science. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's it. I mean, I barely even did anatomy at uni. I did a little bit and they hired me. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Study, but how do you get into that career path? Dude, it was so random. So I used to work in like biochemistry and when I, I traveled, like quit my job to travel, came back and uh, there were just no jobs anywhere in biochem um, and that's what I liked to do. And then I saw like the ad title was just tissue retrieval technician and I was like, oh, sounds interesting. And I read the little blurb and I was like, cool, (laughs) ocular tissue, musculoskeletal. And I was like, oh, like I'm just going to apply and there's no way they'll give it to me. And yeah, it just happened. It takes a special kind of person to read that job (laughs) (laughs) and for the first word for them to think of is cool. Seriously. (laughs) And we're all like that in the office. They really, you'd really have to be a particular type of person to work that job. I'm glad that you exist and that people <laughs> like that exist because that is not my first reaction to do you want to do the tissue removal or whatever. <laughs> cool. That's very... I'm, yeah, you. I did not know that. So <laughs> Zoe the Mortuary. <laughs> From one story about death to another, Tess, can you also tell me a thing? Yeah, so I had... Um, a interesting experience a couple of weeks ago where um, I was by my grandmother's side as she died in hospital and she died and, you know, it shows on the computer that her heart stopped beating and her breathing has stopped and the nurse came in and she said, you should, you can still talk to her because people can actually hear you for half an hour after they, you know, technically die and as a scientist as well, my first thought was, well, I'm going to fact check that. How do you know it? <laughs> but we would, I was talking about it with Zoe and it seems to be true. I think they, they measure um, uh, like, you know, different things that are going on in your brain. I'm not sure if even though there's still chemical things going on, just because sound might be going in doesn't necessarily mean that someone is processing it. But mm. it's nice to think that anyway. Yeah. Well, the top, the the kind of conversation that we got onto earlier was um, how kind of the concept of the afterlife and death, and what I was kind of maybe hypothesizing is that um, you have increased brain activity in your prefrontal cortex in the front of your brain, which is responsible for processing, but you also release heaps of hormones and chemicals, and it's proven that 
DMT, which to most people is a recreational drug, actually naturally occurs in the brain. And you have a massive spike of it during death which can lead people to think that they've seen the afterlife. Um, but it also kind of elongates the experience of death, which is why people say life flashes before your eyes. So uh, that's an interesting one. Elongating time. Yeah. Is that a weird sentence? Elongating time. No, that's it's a very interesting sentence. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it seems as though it's quicker or slower? Slower. So, I mean, because your heart... Your heart stops, your breathing stops, and brain activity should cease, what, within half an hour? Mm, and um, But you're not really processing or thinking of anything for that long. So you, you're possibly only having the ability to process information for a couple of seconds to a couple of minutes, but you might actually feel like you've just had a trip to heaven met God, sat down, had a cup of coffee, talked about the terms and agreements of getting in. He was like, oh, mate, sorry, no. <laughs> um, you did this in your 20s and, um, yeah. look, that was just unforgivable. Uncalled so. for. <laughs> and then you get shocked in your back and you feel like you've been gone wow. for a while, <clears throat> but you've really been out for like 30 seconds. I can't believe God gave me instant coffee. Yeah, <laughs> right? Surely in heaven they've got better stuff. Or what's that? Like what's an the espresso? Ne- the thing with the pods? Or something. Oh, I am the George Clooney one. Come yeah. on, they've got to have It should a... be George Clooney giving you a coffee in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've got to have one of those good coffee machines and like some maybe bonsoi. And like a really cute person making Lots it. Lots of chocolate on top of the cappuccino. Yeah. <laughs> she loves, Tess loves piling it on. <laughs> That's a version of heaven that I can get behind. Oh, totally. <laughs> we may almost have to rename this episode Women Who Science. Yeah, true. Yeah. Because that was great. That was a very actually informative discussion we about We love death. science. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Zoe and Tess, thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about what's going on with the boys. It's Thanks been great talking to Thanks you. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. What a pleasure. You're too scared to do it. Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of 2SER 107.3.